0: Hello there, beautiful people. I'm Tracy Rigdon, and this is the Contrast Project Lounge Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking with my good friend, the brilliant, talented, ever-so-engaging, always insightful Mr. Damien Lamar Robinson. Are y'all ready for this? Let's do it. So, Damien, it has been a long minute since I've seen you. Uh, You appeared on The Contrast Project back in Jacksonville in our studio uh, in seasons one and two. And since then, uh, you have taken a project that you talked about earlier on then, during those days, uh, and you've stepped it up a notch. Uh, So how how the heck have you been?
1: I have been exquisite.
0: I've been good. Well, that's one way to put it. <laughs> but but quite busy, but quite busy, right? Yeah, in a
1: good kind of way. Um, it I've been doing a lot of uh, soul searching, a lot of um, growth and self-healing, um, a lot of reading. And after leaving Florida and moving to New Hampshire, I kind of found myself here um which was good and that helped me That's to good.
0: really fast track this project so well i tell you uh, given the current climate in florida you left at a good time <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i've been seeing that um oh, I can't help God. but but Keep a pulse. You know, obviously a lot of my friends and family and the majority of my uh, my base is right there in my hometown, Jacksonville. Um, So I see I see what's happening in the news. um, And I think the world sees (laughs) more importantly. Um, And I feel Uh, like even with the with this material that I'm writing, it is it's definitely on point for what's happening in, in the socio political climate, for sure.
0: I would definitely think so in, in the material that I've seen so far, you know, and I got to thinking about the exact same thing that you were talking about. I was like, well, you know, it, this is kind of a Nostradamus uh, moment here. Uh, you you kind of, you know, touched on a lot of these things, uh, you know, early on, and now you've really, you know, stepped it up a notch, and, and the, the end product is, is nothing more than spectacular, to be honest with you. I haven't seen the print of it, but I have seen the digital images and and they're they're spectacular.
1: Thank you. Thank you. It's um mm-hmm. it's been interesting. So a little bit about what I've been working on. So the the book is of course Time mm-hmm. Travelers, Digest and Anthology. Right. And it is the print version of the Magnum Opus. So when I was on the Contrast project before, I was talking about the new adventures of Professor Clock which was really the the fundamental basis of the project where it, it all started 12 years ago when I was dealing with grief and I wanted to create this music and this sound. And then when I moved to New Hampshire, my partner said, you know, you really should flesh the story out. Like, where are your mm-hmm. characters? Like, tell me a little bit more about why you made the music. And I started journaling and the journaling led me to as a matter of fact a book by the name of the artist way by julia cameron um forces you to get up in the morning and you write your morning pages and i was doing that Mm -hmm. and you know in my room before i even hit the ground and i got this bug where some days i couldn't stop writing and the it just started coming and coming and coming and coming and next thing you know I'm like oh my god I have a novel over 500 pages
0: and <laughs> wow it's
1: wild so it's that's how it all happened and the music is of course the bed or the soundtrack to the overarching project so professor clock is really the protagonist in the story and
0: mm-hmm. i got all
1: my answers in the last 2 years
0: wow wow Wow. Uh, and, and you say uh how many pages is the book over 500 pages at the
1: moment wow. um at, it is right now moment. in editing <laughs> Yep. yes and it is being edited right now so some of the chapters will may get may get edited down so it it will definitely be over uh 400 pages at least
0: um, that's that's uh, and and would this be would this be your first novel or book yes the very first
1: time i've ever written something now of course i i loved creative writing in in high school uh-huh. and i've always uh i've been a songwriter for a long time but writing a novel oh, yeah. that's a whole different world you know sure and I, I i think about all the times where i posted on facebook um and i w- a friend of mine would actually say he pulled me to the side he's like listen man you you share some really amazing stuff on Facebook. Why don't you save that for your book? <laughs> so, and, uh, but that was my own personal writing and it had nothing to do with <laughs> time travels digest. So I realized that I was a writer,
0: mm-hmm. you know? Well, you know, uh, a, a lot of writers that I've met and talked to will, will tell you that, uh, you know, like you said, your morning journaling, uh, a lot of writers will, you know, They write every single day, whether they use it for anything or not. They will write something every day, whether it be, you know, longhand or or on the typewriter. I know I know one individual lives way he lives in the woods, too. But over on the north side of town, uh, who is an English teacher, (laughs) Uh, he's a virtual English teacher. He does virtual classes online. And every morning he goes out, he's set up. He's got a shed out in the yard that it's set up kind of like a man cave. But it's his creative zone. Mm -hmm. He has he has one of those old royal typewriters. He he doesn't use a computer out there. Wow! Now when he when he does the serious stuff, when he does the serious stuff, of course he, you know, relies on his laptop and that kind of thing. But he goes out there to his shed with his coffee. Got a coffee pot out there. Goes out there in the morning, has him some coffee, and taps away at that royal. Every day, like like I'm sure he does it every
1: day because that's
0: that's what we have to do, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, and you know, uh, Tim Gilmore, he has told me the same thing, that he writes, well, and he teaches uh, literature. So, uh, I mean, he's in the thick of it, like almost every waking hour. (laughs) And he's written more than, I think, 22, 24 books. Uh, Mostly, most of his books have to, yeah, most of his books uh, have to deal with things that have happened in and around North Florida. Uh, A lot of history type Mm -hmm. things. And they're all good. Uh, I mean, uh, he's written about Otis Toole and some of the old uh, ha- uh houses in the area some of the rich families around the turn of the century some of the old whore houses in jacksonville i mean he's written about everything he's written about everything and 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 all of his books are available on amazon and 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 i mean he does pretty good with it i mean it's not like uh you know he's selling novels like stephen king i think he's written like 60 novels <laughs> yeah yeah. Yeah, I was
1: uh, talking about uh tonight over dinner, talking about Stephen King, one of his writings, uh eleven twenty two sixty three, which is about uh JFK and uh and that uh, deals with mm-hmm. time travel, oddly enough. So we were having a conversation over dinner about that as well. So yeah. <laughs>
0: the joys of being a writer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, storytelling. Um and you know, uh, I don't know if to, do they have any uh, in your area up there in New Hampshire. Do you have the opportunity to be around other writers, or you know, be in groups with other writers, or do they have like story slams up there, that kind of thing, like uh, Barbara Colacello does here in Jacksonville?
1: Yeah, hey, I wish, and and I'm I'm sure they exist, but where I am, I'm in a very rural part of like right in the middle of the the state. Um, about an hour or so north of Boston. Um, So if I have to get, if I want to get immersed in my culture, immersed in art and music, and, you know, if I want to see a major concert, I'll take that drive down to Boston and it's worth it. But um, where I am, I'm sort of like in this little bubble on about four acres of land, surrounded by woods, little house on the hill. And it's, you know, I just saw a raccoon tonight. I see turkeys quite (laughs) often and there's deer and, You know, I'm in I'm in the country, and it's 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 very conducive for me as a writer. So I'm I'm enjoying it.
0: Yeah, I you know sometimes you know I complain and make fun about you know living out in the boondocks, uh, <laughs> and I do. I live way out in the, a long way from anywhere, and and trust me, the only culture out here is uh, Carolina drop trucks and Confederate flags. Uh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally, literally, and and I, I was telling yeah. uh, uh, I was telling the young lady I was interviewing last night. I, I told her I said, you know, I don't get to get into Jacksonville that much anymore, uh, and uh, when I do, I, I make a really long day out of it. I may even go stay for a weekend. I'll pile up on somebody's couch for a night or two just so I can make the rounds yeah. because I may not get back down there for two or three weeks. Uh, and people say, well, wow, it's only an hour drive. And I'm like, well, that's an hour out of my day. <laughs> and that's one way, yeah. one, way is 50, one way is 50 minutes from where I'm at. Uh, the, the closest, uh, the closest circle K convenience store to my house is like seven miles. So uh, there's nothing out here. Yeah. Anywhere for uh, me,
1: it's a, it's about a 30 minute
0: drive anywhere. For me, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, and, I, and, and I really do. I really do. I really do enjoy living out in the woods, just like you say. You, you do get close to nature every morning. I go sit on on the back porch and talk to my cats, and 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 it's yeah. it's, a, it's a it's an everyday thing to go out there in the morning and work in the yard because it's such a big yard. Uh, so I I have to I constantly keep up with the fallen trees and take care of the lawn equipment. You know, I got I got two two riding mowers and a tractor. And, and I gotta take care of all that stuff and and it's a chore it's a daily chore, especially when springtime hits and everything starts turning green <laughs>
1: yeah. that's yeah. Sad, but it keeps you young, I'm, I'm sure,
0: oh yeah, I'm young <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm young <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh now the uh the book. The uh, Time Travelers uh, Anthology, Regist. Journal antho- Right, right. That will be out in what, May or June or later? It will. It's it going to be
1: later. Here's why. Um, so okay, I made okay. an executive decision because, you know, I'm an mm-hmm. executive, uh, the, the owner of uh, my own business, Professor Clark right. Media. I decided, you know, I want this magazine to to sit for a second. Be the, the magazine, Temporal Visions. Mm-hmm. I decided to release in February. It is a eighty page, full color. Um, I have a copy right here. You can kind of see it. Hardcover. Oh, good, good. Uh, yeah. UV coated, yeah. full color print with some of the character designs. You can kind of see here. Uh, a lot of the short stories and based on the feedback of the individuals that purchased it. And also now it's an ebook form on Amazon based on their feedback, people feel like they're getting a a little bit of a one up almost like a little precursor to what's coming. But this gives me a chance to one, finish the edits Mm -hmm. that need to be made to the book. And then two, to really give it the marketing attention it really deserves. So I can actually build the foundation, of the 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 art the target audience that I'm trying to reach those individuals who like uh, black speculative fiction or right, Afrocentric right. Uh, art or right. time travel and science fiction getting that word out through the magazine mm-hmm. and some of the short stories by way of the podcast as well and that gives me a chance to spend all right. of the summer talking to people like you working the circuit. I'll be back down Mm -hmm. in Florida in the summer to do a lot of book promotions, then talk about some of the magazine. And then at the end of the summer, that's when you'll get a chance to get the full culmination of the whole novel in your hand. And by that point, I will have already had two other uh, editions of the magazine out because it's a quarterly magazine. So the first one, even though, you, you know, this is a hardcover print version, this is the very inaugural version of the magazine. And I decided mm-hmm. that subsequent versions will be in ebook format, but will be available on, on Amazon so that people can still read it. Also, oh, good. Uh, several good. of the stories are on Kendall Bella as well. So yeah, just want to put some more, put some more effort into it the right way and not rush right, it. Like right. I'm, I've done in the past with a lot of my other projects I've rushed and I'm like, I don't, this one I don't have to rush because it's my life's work.
0: You know, I put it out when I feel like the time's right. Right, right. Uh, and, and you know uh, that that's actually very smart marketing for uh, um, you know a smaller you know entrepreneurial venture. Uh, it's smart marketing to to release bits and pieces, breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs uh, for yes. people to yes. follow. It's, it's smart marketing. Uh, I, I have been lazy in doing the same for my stuff um, but here recently now that I've started using the Riverside platform I can I can bust up the videos into small pieces uh, and and all the audio and all the transcripts are downloadable so I can use all that And now actually I'll be honest with you I'll be honest with you. I feed some of this material into that uh, uh, chat GPT. The Open AI, I feed some, and some of the stuff that yeah. comes popping back at me is mind blowing. <laughs> I don't know if you've played with it any. Some of it is way off base, oh yes, but 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 some of it is pretty accurate. I mean, it just pulls off of Google, but then it's it's like puts together little stories that have nothing to do. <laughs> I was looking up, I've been looking up people and stuff like that on it, and 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 man, some of that stuff is just out there. It's far out there. It told me that you yeah, died in a car yeah, crash couple. Of, it told me that you died in a car crash a couple years ago. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think he did in another timeline. <laughs> <laughs> there
1: I was am. a time hop. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: There was a time hop there. I guess I don't know. <laughs> Oh, and I did. I did one on Shelton the other night too, and we were talking about it when we did the did the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I read it to him. He's like, "Oh, that's partly true." That's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah, crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Oh, but I, I'm having. Know, a lot. I'm a fan. I'm of having fun with PT. it. Yeah, it's fun. I I, yeah. I find I mean, it. All you I, it's more. It, it's it's more fun to me than 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 playing around on Google. <laughs> I mean, you can. I mean, you can fact um, check. I mean, you could just like you're supposed to when you're writing stuff. Anyway, you're supposed to fact check. So, I mean, I look at some of the opening lines on some of these things that I pull up, and and then I fact check. And usually, when it brings up a story for me, like I, I I put in there, "What if Shakespeare were to read about Noam Chomsky?" Sh- Shelton Shelton was being a wise ass and he brought yeah. that up, so I put it into the chat and it it spit out some horrendous stuff. It was it was it was actually hilarious, most of it. I mean, you know, <laughs> I was like, yeah. "Are you kidding me?" I sent it to him yeah. and I thought he was going to spit his coffee out. <laughs>
1: <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, it's it is a powerful tool, Tracy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I tell you, I I personally use Chat GPT for. For marketing materials and uh, mm-hmm. I've had sure. it, it I, I feel like it is like to me having a powerful assistant who I can say hey I got this idea I need you right. to do this and I need you to do this and then I want you to do this and then it outputs all of this stuff and then I go wow that's really good now mm-hmm. do this and then it goes this 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 and then it gives you a real good fundamental basis of course and mm-hmm. I, I tell ChatGPT. Uh, don't use that word again. I don't want to ever use any of that word in any any of my marketing materials. You know, uh, one of the words was enigma and amalgamation. You know, it kept putting that word out all the time, and I'm like, I don't want to hear that en- all the time. Enough already. Um, but it's it is an <laughs> enough already, right? It's a powerful tool, but it's just that. You know, um, mm-hmm. I wrote about it in on my blog because i i am sort of an early adopter when it comes to new technologies and that sort of mm-hmm. thing and i wrote about it where it, chat gpt has a little bit of a a little bit of a how can i say this is a little sarcastic because i i was when Some i was other, creating yeah. a magazine here you can see this is the back of it that was all ai mm-hmm. art generated i didn't use chat gpt but i used mid journey and i have a a uh, uh, business license with mid journey that I can actually sell the material. And I mm-hmm. asked chat GPT, I said, well, why is it that every time I input something, the default image is not a person of color and chat GP, chat, chat GPT said, well, the, it, apparently the programmers who are developing mid journey didn't make it a priority in their programming. So that goes to oh. say it talks about the data sets and how a lot of their, uh, a lot of the material that is built in AI is really because it's a machine learning what we want and what we, you know, what we're prompting. It basically said that the, the data sets are from individuals who are not people of color, who are white people that are programming and they're just not including people of color. So by default, you don't need that. So I have to train the, the, the bot to give me my images in with of people of color, of whether it be Indians or, you know, people in uh, Asians or or even African Americans, and right. um, because you input versus output, but, you know that's what it sure. really comes down to. So I I find sure. it interesting.
0: Yeah, I I haven't myself uh, played around with much of the uh, AI generated art. Other than a couple of the phone apps, not nothing serious, but yeah, a couple of the phone apps, yeah. you know, that, which are nothing more than basically filters. Uh, but uh, the AI generated art, I haven't played with any of that. Haven't really, haven't had the need to really. Uh, most of the, I, I, like I told you before when I sent you the graphic that I'll be using for promo here, uh, most all the graphics that I use just for promo stuff, very basic i use i use basic and primary colors uh, uh and and they're all pretty much all of them are, i'd still do some stuff with photoshop but not as much anymore since i started playing around with canva and i've been using canva now for a couple of years uh and so at the yeah. account that i have at canva i just got that thing loaded up with all kinds of templates that i pre-built and so I just drop in images yeah. whenever I need them. Yeah, I drop them in when I need them and, and just go with it. And usually what I do is I size my images, uh, the ones that I use for promo, I just size them basically at two different sizes. One size that'll fit YouTube thumbnails, uh, and, uh, which, which you can use anywhere else too, for that matter. It just gets resized on Facebook anyway. And then the other is, uh, I, uh, use, uh, format them to 1080 by 1080, the size for Instagram posts. And those, uh, yes. those, same thing. You can use them practically anywhere, and they'll resize to the frame. So, yeah, you know, I usually, I'll make two images of the same same thing. One is a YouTube thumbnail, and one is an Instagram post image. And I use them both interchangeably across all the platforms. So, And it makes it easier and streamlined.
1: Yeah. If it, if it works, it works. Um, for yeah, me, how yeah. I got involved with Mid Journey, as I was writing, um, I got to the point where I had written all of my character profiles. And in my mind, mm-hmm. I knew who Demetrius the Wise, how he looked. I knew who how Amara Eden, one of the other students, I knew how she looked. And I was curious. And I, my curiosity is what really led me to Mid Journey. So I started... Creating these prompts, I originally used Wander Art on the phone.
0: Okay, and I was creating I've seen these prompts,
1: one. and then mm-hmm. when Midjourney, yeah, when Midjourney came back out, I took those same prompts and I plug, plugged them in the Mid Journey and was blown away about oh, really? why I did this. And then I looked up, you know, here in January, and I was like, okay, I have so I have literally, I have over two thousand, maybe three thousand. Images that I've rendered that I haven't even published, and I'm like, What can I do with this? How can I frame these images around this story and use this to be able to convey the story? Because we do live in a very visual society, we people Mm -hmm. like to visually see things. Uh, there are regrettably a lot of people don't want to read, we'll rather text the emoji or we'll rather just see an image before we read. We'd rather see a video before mm-hmm. we actually read something. So right. that's why I sort of led with the magazine first. It does have, in the magazine, it's got short stories. There are, uh, char- all the characters have a profile where you see their face. You, you can read about who they are. Some of the characters are writing letters where originally that was kind of how I wanted the book to be a collection of the student letters because the students, are learning at the Academy for Time Travelers in Egypt. And the protagonist mm-hmm. is the one that's teaching them the art of what's called temporal science. And <laughs> I wanted to be able to take these images and put them into into play so that they can, of course, even spark some of my writing. So if you, if you, you, know, you see this guy, he's not even in the book at all. He just looks good for the cover. <laughs> so I just decided. <laughs> hey, I decided whatever sales, he's man. not even a real person. He doesn't even have a name, <laughs> <laughs> but he's. And now I have the hiccups because I've been sitting here drinking this wine.
0: So I'll let you well, talk for awesome.
1: a minute while I recalibrate my diaphragm here.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, uh, as uh, as we as we move forward here um uh you say that uh you know of course you've uh uh decided you're going to be coming down to florida for like i guess a a, a kind of a book tour um the promo kind of tour and i'm sure a, i'm sure a soft vacay as well uh, uh catch up with some friends and family while you're down um there's a lot going on down here and you know i sparked that uh before and i know you've been following uh, it who hadn't been following it uh Uh, one of the things that uh, has been on pretty much every one of our podcasts and even my audio podcast where I don't have video, uh, I talk about uh, uh, a lot of the things that are going on in Florida besides arts and culture and all that. But what's currently happening with uh, the Florida legislature and some of the bills being passed, it's affecting arts and culture and it's affecting people's livelihoods. Uh, The, uh, not just the not just the ban on the books and 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 the whole uh, you know battle you know the whole battle with uh Disney World and all that that's going on uh but uh more recently as well the ban on drag queens and, and specifically what flared that up was the drag uh story hour um, and uh yeah. that that has uh drag shows uh uh, uh pride parades that's going to really affect prides parades because cities won't be able to issue permits to have those parades because they're so public so you're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars per city that normally would be uh celebrating pride and having pride parades and some cities have already said that they're canceling their parades i've already said it and the law hasn't even gone into effect quite yet but uh some of the local uh, clubs in jacksonville uh, local uh, there's a couple of local microbreweries that have trivia nights you know everybody has a trivia night you know now it's 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 a trend over the last mm-hmm. you know several years but they now have drag trivia nights uh hamburger marys and a couple of the other microbreweries do a trivia night uh with a uh, one of the drag queens uh, uh, uh wade she 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 hosts one of them oh yeah Car- carissa wade yeah yeah carissa t wade she she hosts one of them mm-hmm. uh but now the the brewery that has her every week and and it's like every i think, tuesday or wednesday night something something like that you know if i'm wrong forgive me uh but uh once a week they have this show or every other week something like that again the owner of the bar uh the brewery has said, have, they've released a statement on, you know, saying that we're still gonna continue doing it and, you know, it, we're gonna have it, but now it's 21 and older and families can no longer come in there with their kids. Uh, and so they are, they're actually, the business will be closed to the public unless you're registered to be at the trivia game so that they can ensure that people that come in are over 21. Uh, so it is affecting people's bottom line, even even on that small scale, you talk about many, many, many places that are having to do the same thing. It's affecting their bottom line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and again, like with the uh, on the larger scale, the pride parades are being you know nixed because of it. And and you can imagine the thousands and thousands of dollars in revenue lost because of it. Because a lot of the pride parades not only uh, bring in people from out of town. Uh, to, you know, uh, join in the celebration and, and a lot of people come to be in the parade itself uh, But these parades are usually yeah. down uh, Usually uh, go down through a, either a downtown area Or, you know, down a main street Where there's a lot of small businesses Mom and pop businesses Five Points, for instance uh, Parade goes through there and uh, yes. all those small all those small businesses are going to be missing out on that revenue because a lot of people come in there, they linger before and after the parade, and they go in and out of those little you know the little bars and the restaurants, and the restaurants make a ton of money because people stay in town, you know they hang out, everybody wants to share their pictures, you know, and and, and I, it, they're, they're putting they're stifling a lot of people's livelihoods, and and this is also not only the people that enjoy. Uh, the drag performances, but it's also affecting the livelihoods of the drag performers who rely on those shows uh, for for extra income because very very Absolutely. few of them locally very few of them on a local level are are doing it full time enough uh, for it to be their sole source of income, but a lot of them do re- rely on it as as an extra source i you know just like musicians in town rely on those gigs for an extra source of income and they really work their butts off. What did what your take on that? Yeah.
1: Well, I, you know, it, it's interesting mm-hmm. because, you know, and I talked about the, at the beginning when we first started talking, um, mm-hmm. I think there's nothing new under the sun and no, going back to, to my book, of course, you know, I'm mm-hmm. trying to make it all about my book with Travel oh, yeah, yeah, Digest. Yeah, yeah. Um, my my why literally deals with the same thing. So if we would just let's, for a, a quick moment, let's travel back in time to mm-hmm. the year 52 BCE. So that's 52 mm-hmm. years before the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. And at that time, Julius Caesar was over Rome, along with Pompeii. And then you have on the throne, Cleopatra uh, the VII. And her husband and brother, by the way, uh, Ptolemy, they rule the throne. At the same time, the same information, the same type of uh, culture war was happening in Africa, in Egypt. And, you know, Julius Caesar, then he's flexing his muscles. He goes right into Egypt to flex because his buddy Pompey. You know, Pompey's got this big infantry. He's got this big army. He's flexing. So he goes there to Egypt, not only his own land, to figure out where Pompey is. And Cleopatra says, oh, by the way, your boy uh, Pompey, here's his head and here's his ring to prove it. He's not here. (laughs) The reason I brought all this up. Right. right. That right. So during that same time, when Julius Caesar arrives, the Library of Alexandria, which is actually where the conflict resides in my novel, library, books. What happened to the library? The library was burned. But history, if you, everything that I read when I was doing my research for this book, there's no definitive answer on how the library was burned. Some say Julius Caesar did it some say that it may have been an accident, some say it could have been a soldier, and i said to myself when i when i uh was reading this i said wow this is kind of ambiguous it's kind of open. We don't have mm-hmm. a real open answer on what happened. But let's talk about the library for a second. And and i'll bring it back to how it matters today. Sure. The sure. library of Alexandria at that time, there. if you think of, uh, here's Alexandria, and you have the at the tip of Africa, the beginning of the top of Africa, you have this little horseshoe, and people would drive their ships into the great harbor. In the harbor, it was the, the largest harbor, as the ships would come in, the scribes would go to the boats, they'd take the scrolls, all the materials off, and they would instantly, at that moment, take the original materials and then take it to the library. The original materials were held in the library and they would make copies. They'd transcribe everything that they're reading, whether it be from the Vikings, whether it be from uh, the Asians, the Chinese, they take all this material and they transcribe it and they keep the originals in the library and then give the uh, materials, the copies back to those people to take it back to where they were. So a lot of the stuff was copies that went back not the originals. So you have original works that now have been burned. I'm still here. 700,000 plus scrolls. (laughs) I'm still here. Were destroyed and burned. And it was said that it may have been an accident. So here we are fast forward 2000 plus years. And now we have state legislatures, governments, the governor, uh, the one that is always on the news, talking about his woke agenda, taking
0: yeah, no shit.
1: that position in a different way to squelch the knowledge, to not have the knowledge shared, and how how can we gain as a society if we don't tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth, and we continue to to Create uh, we we create we create dissonance or we create segregation or we create uh, we disenfranchise a a lot of the disses (laughs) we 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 create these things to 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 make one group look better than the other group and I just feel like here we are again and it will Mm -hmm. only occur this will only occur if we if we allow it to happen. We, you know, there's a. I, I don't know the name of the quote, but if you know, if we continue to sit idly by and we do nothing, we may as well be just as complicit. We're allowing it to happen. We can't just say we. We can talk about it all day till we're blue in the face, but why do we continue right. to allow this to happen to our knowledge? Nobody's doing this right. to the Jewish culture. Right. Nobody's doing this to, to to the Asian culture. Why are we doing this? What what's the what's the real yeah. gain? Is there something? Again, even going back to the Library of Alexandria, is there something that was needed to be hidden? Was there something that needed to be destroyed? Because we don't want the masses to read this. We don't want the masses to know this because the masses may be educated uh, or or may be Mm -hmm. apprised to something uh, or they may may revolt or cause a revolution. Whatever the case may be, why do we as citizens... Continue to allow this type of behavior to happen historically. That's the
0: question. Yeah, Uh, it's yeah, yeah, and and you're you're absolutely right that they they are some of the books that are that have been banned uh, ridiculous reasons. Uh, You know, even Maya Angelou, some of her writings, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, I mean, just there is all kinds of books, even a Dr. Seuss book was bad, believe it or not. Wow. The Lorax, the book, The Lorax, that was banned from schools. Now, I've said this before, too, that I understand that there is is age-appropriate literature. And, of course, they're talking about books that are in the classrooms and in the school library, accessible by very young children. Now, and I've said this before many times, a lot of the teenagers, the books that they're banning, uh, come on, people. Teenagers have been on the internet for years already and ha- and yeah. they already know a lot of the stuff that you're trying to keep them from reading in- on paper. Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, kids are going to find out if they so choose to. That's, that's another thing, too. A lot of the children uh, that are in the families of these people that are for the book bans, the people that are for banning the books and the ones that are the loudest about it, uh you know darn well that they're actually keeping that kind of information from their children at home as well. Uh, yeah. uh, keeping them in a bubble. Uh, they're not talking to their kids at the dinner table about things that matter in the world. They're talking to their kids about things that matter on Fox News. Uh, so I mean I mean really, and I'm not just you know i'm not I'm, I'm not stereotyping I, I I've seen it. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen the way some of these children live, the homes that they live in and the way that their parents talk, uh, it uh, it astounds me. It's yeah. just a smidgen to the right of being uh, abusive behavior. I mean, literally, in my mind. Yeah. Uh, if you're and keeping you children did... from learning, you're stifling education for children. I mean, they're just going to grow up to be ignorant adults. Right.
1: And then you you take into consideration you have uh, there's another side of the coin as well where you have let's let's say you have Mm -hmm. a a single mom who is a nurse and Mm -hmm. she has to work Mm -hmm. a double and her young 15, 16 year old child is at home and she also has two kids. Let's say, you know, there's a nine year old or a seven year old. Now you have this 14, Mm -hmm. 15, 16 year old taking care of their young sibling. With no parental guidance, yeah, there's no there's no one talking about supervision. There is, you know, no one to say, "Hey, you're spending too much time playing this game," or "What are you reading? Let me see what you're reading." There's none of that as well. And then there's also no conversations as well that's happening. So you this this big giant economic gap. It's 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 heavy on both sides where you have the wealthier of the, sure. the individuals who are more fluent that can sit at the dinner table and talk to their family, but they're talking about Fox news and you have the people who are, you know, the moms and the single parents working the extra hard work to do their best mm-hmm. and their children aren't really getting who's helping them with their homework, who's quality controlling and who's checking them with that. So it, it's, it's, yeah. it's both sides. So everything is being yeah. affected yeah. by, by this whole thing mm-hmm. all altogether. So
0: yeah. It's yeah, um it's yeah. a real interesting how, state of
1: affairs where we are. Yeah.
0: I know. And and how many of those people do you think volunteer their time to go to the public library and have story time for kids? Very little. If if uh, if any. Uh, the-, <laughs> the loudest ones are the least involved. Yeah, exactly. I mean, really, yeah. really well, I tell you what, uh, Damien. I have enjoyed this conversation with you. I'm going to let everybody know about your project, about your book, about your Thank ebook, you. the quarterly ebook. Um, we're gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna get a hold of all the links and make sure that they're in all the descriptions on our YouTube channel, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and uh, we'll just uh, we'll just spread some love for you.
1: I appreciate it. I
0: appreciate you having me
1: on. It's great to oh, catch you up. Bet. It's good to see you. I'll link up with you when I'm down there in Florida oh. uh, in a couple months.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. When you get down here, you make sure you get with me and we'll go have some some uh we'll go have some ramen or some pho or something. Or maybe a big chunk of red meat. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tracy. Cool. All, right. All right, peace, brother. Take it easy. I'd like to thank all my friends, fans, and followers over on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please don't forget to like, share, and comment, and on our YouTube channel, like, share, comment, and smash the subscribe button. Don't forget to ring that bell so you get notifications whenever we have a new episode come up. And don't forget that the podcast itself, the audio version, can be streamed on all major streaming platforms. And you can find my crazy shenanigans over on TikTok. In my closing thoughts, I wanted to talk about, you know, let's, let's back it up just a little bit. Uh, in, in some of the topics that Damien brought up, the correlation between some of the things, uh, the time traveling in his stories, uh, which which are brilliant, by the way, and, and I highly recommend you guys look him up. I'm going to have the links uh, provided here in the description on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on our website, thecontrastproject.tv. Um, the... the Artwork is nothing less than spectacular. Some beautiful work. He's put a lot of time into it. And the stories are so imaginative and yet so insightful. The correlation between uh, time travel and days gone by, the past, and some of the things that we're seeing today. And we talked about that. We touched on that close to the end of the episode there. Uh, the burning of the books, uh, the the uh, stifling of education, keeping people from learning, and that is definitely something that we're dealing with in modern day uh, times. not not just not just worldwide and in third world countries where we know that a lot of that has been going on forever and ever. But but it's it's happening in the United States now, and it's something we should always fight for. Is the right for uh, Adequate education. History is history. Whether it's uncomfortable. If if history being taught is not making you uncomfortable, then you're not learning from it. And we're destined to repeat that that we don't learn. So anyway, in the meantime, be vigilant, be careful, be safe. And in the words of Jerry Springer, take care of yourselves and each other until next time peace